You are listening to Frida's World Podcast, a safe space where women of color can have open, honest, and candid discussions about being a black professional in the workplace. I am your host, Rita Pierre, CEO and founder of Frida Women NYC, a fashion brand that sets out to motivate and instill confidence in professional women and those aspiring to be through the use of fashion accessories. It's now time to announce the Frida Woman of the Week. Frida Women of the Week highlights an exceptional woman who's killing it in the game. This woman embodies the Frida values by being fierce, resilient, erudite, empowered, daring, and ambitious. So without further ado, our Frida Women of the Week is none other than Assemblywoman Rodnice Bishop. Rodnice Bichat is the assembly member elect and state committee woman slash district leader for New York State's 42nd Assembly District located in Brooklyn, New York. Rodnice Bichat is the first Haitian American woman elected in the New York City area. Rodnice is a fierce advocate who truly has the people's interest at heart. To learn more about Assemblywoman Bashat, you can go to her website at www.rodnisebashat.com. If you believe that you or someone you know is a Frida woman, please send us your name, a brief description of yourself, and why you believe that you are a Frida woman. You can send this information at info at Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A, womennyc.com. Again, that's info at F-R-E-E-D-A, women, W-O-M-E-N-N-Y-C.com. So today's guest, I have the privilege of speaking with Juliana Stinson. Hey, Hi, Juliana. Hey. <laughs> so Juliana, I just want to let people know how we met. Yes. Um, so we met about a year ago, mm-hmm. a little over a year ago, yep. in South Africa. Yep, Cape Town. Yep. And it was a travel noir experience. Shout out to travel noir. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. <laughs> was that the first time you were in Africa, period? Yes. Okay, first me too. Trip. Yeah. I thought it was really, really great to not only one be in a, in a new continent, new country mm-hmm. um, for the first time, but I think the experience of experiencing Africa with new people. Right. And young people of color. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And I think the the cool part was that our tour guides were also people of color. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times when you go on these types of like travel groups, it's kind of like white people who are telling us, this is the safari, this yeah. is the jungle. And so it was cool to actually have people who were natives of mm-hmm. Cape Town um, talk about like their time during the apartheid and For so sure, yeah. So that's where Juliana and I <laughs> met. Um, so Juliana, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. Sure. Um, so my name is Juliana, DJ named Juliana Meow. Um, full-time, I work as an accountant for a really big international um, art gallery called Pace Gallery. Um, we represent a bunch of artists. Um, and side hustle is DJing. It's, I don't even know if I should call it a hustle, it's just like a love, like I would do it even if I wasn't booking gigs. Um, but yeah, that's kind of 
a lot going on. Labor Day was a couple of days ago. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand this background. <laughs> but anyways. But yeah, you were talking about DJ being a love of yours, not necessarily a side hustle. Right. So yeah, it's something that I've been doing. Well, officially, I guess, post-college, I was doing it for a few years. Um, but prior to that, like, music has always been a love of mine. Um, I was, like, the LimeWire Kazakh queen, like, making mixtapes for my friends. Um, so that's kind oh of where gosh, I started. Oh, my gosh, LimeWire Kazakh. Yeah, throwing it back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember the last time. I mean, are they even still in, in business? No, they're okay. not. No. <laughs> I get everything legit now. Okay. Yeah, I pay for my record pools and buy music, all that. Yeah. yeah cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so with DJing, I mean, like, how can we get in contact with you if you if we want, you know, yes. to DJ On SoundCloud, I'm soundcloud.com backslash Juliana Meow. Um, and then on Instagram, Twitter, and pretty much everywhere else, it's Juliana XVI, that's 16 in Roman numerals, so <laughs> J-U-L-I-A-N-A-X-V-I. All right, cool, cool, cool. So um, today's topic mm-hmm. is one that's kind of been all over black Twitter, all over Twitter, period, um, these last couple of weeks. Uh, the professional clapback. Yes. Have you have you partaken in any of this? <laughs> I feel like it's always clapback season at work. I mean, like it's just it just never ends. Um, yeah. So I, I'm definitely part of it. I would yeah. say um, it's crazy because when I when I saw the meme, my friend sent it to me. So I thought that she had actually scoured the internet to find a meme to make me feel bit you know better about myself. <laughs> and then I actually went on Instagram went on Twitter and saw that it was literally like this thing, like mm-hmm. for the last few weeks. Um, Cause I myself have uh, participated in clapback season um, <laughs> these last few weeks, literally almost on a daily basis. Yes, I, I was clapbacking at somebody. Yeah. And so I just thought that it was just the most interesting thing that like now there's like this, these memes about it and it's like up to the fore, it's like out there in the forefront right. um, about professionalism and the act and the art of clapping back in the <laughs> workplace. So some of the uh, clapbacks that I've seen, and I'm going to ask you what your favorite clapbacks are, okay. professional clapbacks are, has been, you know, the as per my last email. Um, if you look further down this email chain or, you know, however, if you think the process needs more improvement, you know, I'm happy to move forward as is type emails. Right. Um, these are some of the clapbacks that I think are just innate. Like, I've never had to sit back and say, hmm, what is a professional clapback? Like, right. what do I actually... It kind of comes naturally, yeah. It just comes naturally. So I always... I'm in love with Urban Dictionary. Mm, yes. Urban Dictionary is my go-to. So I actually looked up what clapback meant. I know what clapback means, but some people actually don't know what clapback yeah. is. Um, and although Urban Dictionary gave me about 15 different yeah, scenarios... what define it as? I was like... I'm not gonna go. <laughs> Some of the scenarios are like are just not appropriate for this conversation. Okay. Or any conversation, <laughs> but I did find one that kind of like you know I think it uh, was well suited for this conversation. So Urban Dictionary, one of their definitions um, states that a clapback is 
Basically, a comeback most likely pumped with attitude, sass, and or shade. Okay. And then they give an example, as they always do. He called her ratchet. You should have heard the clap back. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's accurate. I I think it's accurate. So I was like, okay, this is the better one. I'll Uh, take that. Offline, uh, we could talk about the others. <laughs> um, but I thought that it was interesting only because as a professional person of color in the workplace, I feel like I'm always walking that fine line. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you feel like you can't really clap back. You can't really address issues because you're already pegged as, oh, this is, if she says something, she's going to be the angry, angry black, black girl. Woman, yeah. If she says something, she's too sensitive. She's too emotional. Mm-hmm. Light it up. And so having all of these things looming around when something happens in the workplace it's always a struggle sometimes to like do i say something mm-hmm. and if i say something will it be interpreted as me standing up for myself or is it going to be interpreted as me being the angry black person who just can't you know right who can't get along yeah so i just want to ask you like if you can just talk about one experience it doesn't have to be your current job because i know you love it <laughs> yeah, of course <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, uh, work experiences where you've been in a situation where you, one, had to clap back, and two, like, what was, you know, what was going on through your mind when you were actually composing the email? Yeah. Because usually clapbacks are via email, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about why (laughs) later, but I just want to get your point of view. Hmm, and a particular experience, uh, I'm always, these are always hard to think of, like, an exact time, because, like I said, it's always something that's constant. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, within when I'm in clapback mode, I guess you could say, it's always, like, really, it's, like, void of any niceties. Like, I hope all is well. I hope you had a great weekend. You know, those kind of things. It's just very cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, clap. that's my clapback kind of thing. Like, let me just get to the point ask you what I need or, you know, whatever the back and forth is. Now, have you ever been called out on a clapback email? Hmm. Have I been called out? No, I I can't say that I have been. No. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I would say for me, where I'm at now, clapback season doesn't happen so often. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my prior um, job or my previous job, rather, it was literally clapback season every day. It was right. clapback season in person. It was clapback via emails, coworkers, supervisors, like anybody was getting the clapback at that point in time. Mm-hmm. You know, now where I'm at, it's not so, you know, it doesn't happen that often. But I would say the last few weeks, it literally has been like back and forth. And so what I've done is... I've made sure that I don't I don't do the niceties in the emails either. Yeah. I don't do hey hope all as well. I also go in and I make it very very clear cut what it is that I'm trying to say. Right. But then I also engage in the as per my last email mm-hmm, or as I previously stated before. Um, as I told your ass, but you listen, you know, but just like in the nice yeah, way. For the old email, attach the old email. Exactly. You know, yeah. cease, you know, add whatever it is just uh-huh. to get my point across. Because sometimes I feel like when people come for you via email, one, it's, it, it's pettiness on their end, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've had situations where you sit two desks away from me. Yeah. Why didn't you just come Why and can't say you come yeah, up to me and tell me? It. 
you know, that you have an issue or there's a problem, but uh-huh. instead, you know, they, they go back behind their computers where they're safe and, you know, they engage in, you know, the, the whole Twitter finger effect, right? Right, yeah. They start just typing away all of their grievances into an email. Yeah. And I'm like... If that's not the pettiest thing I've ever seen or the most passive aggressive thing I've ever seen, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I can appreciate like if you were to come to me face to face and then send the email just for as per our conversation. Like mm-hmm. I get that everyone wants to have a record of everything. But yeah, it's just the back and forth and I'm sitting right next to you. It's just unnecessary. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And like one situation I had, like this particular individual wanted to like use their clap back. They're their clap. I don't know. What is it a clap back if they're the ones who initiated? I'm not even <laughs> sure. But use their email that that forced me to clap back right. um, as a platform to one, try to like, you know, tell me about myself Two, elevate themselves in the email. <laughs> and then three, like, insult me by congratulating me. What? It was the weirdest thing ever. But it was also one of the longest emails I've ever gotten. So oh my, my clapback was probably a, a page and a half, email-wise, <laughs> because I had to break down and dissect. Everything. And it's one of those things where I was like, you know what, I'm in the moment. So I literally went in like paragraph by paragraph mm-hmm. and like dissected and basically served her ass on a platter <laughs> so that she could never come for me again. Because um, one of the main rules that I have when it comes to clap back, I only clap back once. Mm-hmm, for sure. I'm not going to leave anything, you know, I'm not going to leave something out. Mm-hmm. Everything I'm going to say is going to be in that one email. And then the next email, if you if you decide to continue on the pattern, you're speaking to yourself. Yeah. I've actually, there's only one time I think I might have responded, and I don't call it a real clap back because all I said in that um, subsequent email after I was, after she sent me like three, four emails to kind of egg me on, uh-huh. I was just like, I'm just letting you know that I have not read any of the emails that you have sent me. <laughs> I said what I had to say. That's Do it. not email me again yeah. and call it a day. But, um,. <laughs> I actually live for these moments sometimes. Because, yeah. You know, it's like your intellect, like your mind just starts. Because there's know, these, all these unwritten rules. You have to be somewhat polite and then, you know, go along with that. So, so I think that's where it's like we're able to get our frustrations out. Mm-hmm. Um, in it, in in you know, in a work appropriate way, right? Because what I would really like to say and really like to do would get me fired, would get me sent to human resources, right. you know, ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's this game that we play with our coworkers and our supervisors. Like, it's like once you're in the workplace, you know that we're in Pettyville mm-hmm. and we're in Shadyville for sure. So therefore, <laughs> what you do in the streets or how you handle your issues in the streets, you can't do it yeah, in the workplace. You have to leave that because there. I need to pay my bills, right? Right, and you also, you know, don't. You also don't want to. It's like it's hard. You don't want to come off as somebody who doesn't have a backbone, mm-hmm. but you also don't want to be someone with that reputation of always clapping back at people. Yeah. So I feel like it's, although it's great to have a, a mechanism in a sense to bring out your frustrations, right, <laughs> um, in a way that's not going to get you fired, but still sassy enough yeah. where people will get the point, like, don't mess with me. But... I know you mentioned it earlier, like you haven't really, I guess, had too many issues with like, you know, should I, should I not? Mm-hmm. But I feel like navigating and, and, and maybe 
bringing forth certain rules of how to clap back is necessary. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've witnessed other people clapping, like where clap back has gone wrong. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> Have I seen a clap back gone wrong? Uh, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've seen a few, but I think that particular clap back gone wrong moment was because they continued to keep going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like after you, you know, you do the first, Depending on the situation, there might be a second, but you yeah. cannot keep engaging. And especially if it's like with a supervisor, I think that's something that that's yeah, that's tricky. It's a bit tricky, right? Because you want to let that supervisor know not today. Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to keep <laughs> engaging with your boss. Yeah, you want to keep your job, pay your rent. <laughs> so if you were to think of, like, let's say, two rules, right, going uh-huh. forward um, for a successful, you know, clapbacks that will, one, convey the message that you want to convey, and two, keep your job. Mm-hmm. And I guess three, save your reputation as not being that person who's always clapping. Like, what would they be? Um, rule number one would always be to check your facts. Um, and within checking your facts, that would be like, you know, whatever your initial reaction is, just take a few minutes to think, okay, is this really what I want to say? Um, so take your time, check your facts. And I guess number two rule, um, uh, what would be number two? Uh, make your clap back whatever it is as concise as possible and just you know state your facts um like as you said you don't want a bunch of follow-up emails you just want to kind of settle everything in that one email and let that be that so you know quick and dirty make sure you know what you're you're saying yeah Hmm, touch all your bases so yeah I definitely agree with both of the points that you made I feel like my best um clapback emails are done when I have, I, you know, I have an initial draft. I go get a drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I come back to my desk. I reread it again because there's been times where like, you know, you're just so angry and you're just like, I can't believe this. <laughs> I can't believe this chick just did this to me. And you're just typing, typing, typing. And the next thing you know, it's like 10 pages, right? Yeah. But then like when you moment. go back and you're like, mm, I didn't have to say that. Yeah. I can take this out. I don't have to, because sometimes I feel like we also do this explanation thing, though, where we're, like, explaining it away. Like, we're clapping back, but we're also, like, however, you know, because X, Y, and Z happened, X, Y, and Z happened, and I'm, like, Mm. so your point about being concise is important. Like, you're also not trying to, you know, take back the clap back while you're giving it (laughs) in your email because, you know, it's not effective. But I think definitely... Re-read, proofreading is key. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you could do is send a clapback email with mad typos. Oh my God, that's the worst. <laughs> mad grammatical mistake. Yeah. Um, and also, like, keeping the street out of the clapback oh, email. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because they really expect you to be, you know, at a certain, you know, level, right? Yeah. They expect you to be like, ah, she's ready. She's ready. <laughs> so they're expecting to see all of this. So it's like, I feel like the most effective is when you bring in your education mm-hmm. into the email. Like, this is the the best the best piece of work you've done, like, since college or since grad school. For sure. Well constructed. <laughs> <laughs> Using all sorts of terms. Going to the thesaurus. Yup. You know, adding in. Don't be lazy about it. Don't be lazy. Do your research. If you're going to do it, exactly. Do your research. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny when you say that because I had a, a friend because 
I feel like every professional woman has went through this or is currently going through this little, you know, clapback season. Yeah. Um, she was approached by a supervisor. And this is the worst, too. When your supervisors are the same age as you. Oh, yeah. Um, who tried to check her. Like, Ugh. who literally tried to come for her with no real basis. It's just like she just woke up that morning feeling like somebody's going to get it. Yeah, So no. she came after my friend. And it was based on, like, some reports, I think, that she had drafted and certain things that she had done that were based on this supervisor's, like, you know, request. Like, mm -hmm. she sent an email stating, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And my friend delivered what her X, Y, and Z was. Yeah. However, when she got it back, she was saying, oh, this wasn't clear. This was not clear. Um, this could have been done better. And so my friend was just like, well, I followed your instructions. Exactly. As per your instructions. As per your instructions. This is what I did. Yeah. Um, and so she was just like, yeah, but you know, you're an attorney. So I would feel, I would think that you would probably be able to think outside the box. Oh, and excuse me. Like, so... <laughs> A week later, there was a meeting about all of this. So my friend, she went through. She sent her clapback email. Mm -hmm. She then, you know, drafted, I think, a subsequent email just to, like, follow up. And then after that, what she ended up doing was printing out all her receipts mm. to confirm, basically, like, listen, chick, you told me to do this. This is what you told me to do, and this is what I did. So if you had wanted anything more or less, mm -hmm. you should have said requested so. that. You yeah. should have requested that. Um, but I, I really wish she was actually going to be able to be part of the conversation today because um, this friend, which I think you met last week at the launch, uh -huh. uh, the, she's also the queen of clapbacks. Oh, I call myself <laughs> the queen of clapbacks, but she is also the queen of clapbacks. And her clapbacks are so articulate. Mm, I want to cry. Yeah. I want to cry. It's a piece of work. It's a piece of work. Masterpiece. Um, but I think that's pretty much like the main thing as, as we all continue to go through clapback season, I feel like if we're going to do it, you got to do it right. Uh huh. Um, and you have to be witty about it too. You can't just send an email like airing things out like, Oh, I'm upset because of X, Y, yeah, and Z. No. Being witty about it, I think, turns it up to a different level. Mm. <laughs> and I feel like in those situations, when you clap back properly, you never have to do it again. Like, that person never yeah. messes with you again. For sure. Um, it's like they didn't expect that of you. And it's like, oh, my gosh. I <laughs> Only didn't takes know. one good time. <laughs> but I feel like, why do you think... Why do you think that? I, I mean, and I'm, I can only speak as being a woman of color. Right. I've never really seen my my white colleagues ever have to really go through this, to be very yeah, honest. Yeah, kind of weighing things like, yeah. should I, should I not? And for the most part, I don't even really find that they, they even have the need to clap back. Like, mm. I've never had... Uh, a white colleague, you know, have to send an email to cover, you know, harass about anything or to address a situation. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never really seen that same, di like, the things that we struggle with as women of color, like, oh, I don't want to be perceived as this. I don't want to reply and say that, you know, like, I don't want to address or highlight certain things. Yeah. I don't really see my white colleagues dealing with any of that yeah like that even stress. especially my white female colleagues mm -hmm. because you know there's this whole notion that it's you know women in the workplace obviously are disenfranchised that's true but i feel right. like women of color in the workplace get it even more yeah even more um, so. so i don't know what do you think why do you think that is um i guess it's the whole notion of you have to prove that you deserve to be here kind of thing mm -hmm. um and also yeah, because there's so few of us, it, we become an easier target. 
You think that's what it is, though, that we're kind of like targets in a sense for that? In a sense, and it's that notion that maybe we are inferior or less than, I mean, yeah, I, I think there's like a target on our back. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I've always sat back to think about it, you know, to really think about like, okay, compared to, you know, I look at myself and I look at my colleagues who, mm-hmm. you know, my white female colleagues, and I'm like, they don't really go through, I've never, I've never sat in on a conversation about them having to clap back or having to, you know, really go back and like address, you know, their, or bring air out their grievances. Usually yeah. if they do have an issue, they'll just go up to the supervisor and just say, hey, and it's this is my problem. Or they'll go straight to human resources. Oh, like yeah. they, they, <laughs> they have no problem, you know, approaching the authority and letting them know like, hey, um, what's going on here? Or I'm feeling disenfranchised or I'm feeling whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't even have to really resort in my opinion, to the whole, you know, passive-aggressive email right. situations the way we have to. Right. And it's like, although I am grateful that we have this, this clapback platform, <laughs> a, part of, a part of me kind of hates it because I'm like, I really wish that I could just say what it is, what it is yeah. or walk up to your desk that's literally two steps away from me and say, I don't like or I don't appreciate how you tried to throw me under the bus in, in the meeting earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I don't appreciate how you tried to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like we're forced to engage in this world of pettiness, um, corporate pettiness, corporate yeah. pettiness, to be able to play like it's it's one of those things where, like why do I have to play the game when I'm at work? Yeah, why I can't don't want to play the game. I just want to work and go, go home and, and and get a paycheck. Yes, and, and feed my family. <laughs> that's what I want to do, and it's just so difficult. So, I mean, that's kind of what you know this podcast is kind of about mm-hmm. is basically you know talking about these issues as some of them are going to be random issues like you know the corporate clapback today. Yeah, it was a random issue. I just thought it was just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it was right on time. Yeah, it <laughs> really just, happens. Just because of what I'm experiencing. But, you know, we're really here to talk about, um, you know, women of color in the workplace and the, the, the different things that we have to do to navigate, mm-hmm. you know, work. You know, yeah. we're, we're all at work, you know, for the most part between eight and 12 hours a day, some of us more. So this is like our second home. For sure. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's just like you want to you want it to be somewhere where you're comfortable. Yeah. Somewhere where you feel like you're part of the team and that you don't have to. But it just feels like a war zone. Every and just have to watch your back. <laughs> so, I mean, do you think that sometimes it's uh, by industry? Like, yeah, depending the, you know, the, whatever industry you're in, like depending on what industry you're in, you know, will depend on how much. How much, I guess, I don't know, workplace mishaps occur? Like, Yeah. Um, previously, I was in the retail industry. Um, and with fashion, retailing, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's always clapback season. Like, it's a lot of mishaps and things go wrong. And, yeah. And then in the art industry now, you're dealing with a lot of egos. Mm, so, okay. yeah. So it's kind of knowing knowing your environment mm-hmm. and being able to navigate it and manage it for yourself yeah. in a sense. Now, how do you deal with um, coworkers? Like, how do you deal with coworkers that you have to check? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty... <laughs> <laughs> 
Previously, I used to be, I always wanted to be like friends with my coworkers. But as I've grown older, I find that that can't always be the case. It's rarely the case. Mm. So it's just, again, away with the niceties, you know. I really don't care how your weekend was, so I'm not going to ask. And we're just going to get what we have to get done, work, you know, as a team if we have to, and keep it moving. (laughs) Now, do you think that that, I guess by taking that approach, by, listen, I'm here to work, I'm not here to hang out, I'm not here to chill, Mm -hmm. don't tell me about your dog and your picket fence, that that kind of reduces the amount of clapbacks situations mm. i guess that might arise in the, in the workplace like just sticking you know sticking to your own not necessarily engaging as much i feel like i get better results um so when i'm sending emails when i'm you know working i feel like people respect me more i mean maybe it's just in my head but i do feel that there's more of a respect there um I think it works <laughs> no i mean i i think i actually agree i mean i definitely agree with that that you know, with what you said, because I feel like in assessing, um, you know, my situations now, now that I've clapped back mm-hmm. to these particular individuals and I'm very, you know, non, you know, I'm non-confrontational with them, yeah. but I'm also not your friend. And like, if you thought I was ever your friend now, you know that mm-hmm. all you need to say is hi and keep it moving. Right. Um, I feel like reevaluating it now, I feel like this is probably how I should have, um, engaged with Mm -hmm. my coworkers from the beginning yeah as opposed to trying to be you know part of the team in a sense like there's a way you could be part of the team Mm -hmm. and you know friendly enough like workplace friendly without going deep into personal you know backgrounds and stories and and whatnot um and that's kind of what i'm realizing Mm -hmm. going through this uh, you know, season of clapback right now where I'm reevaluating um, situations where I'm like, all right, now that I've taken the stance that we're not friends, we're not cool, um, don't email me unless it has something to do with the case. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel more empowered in a sense. Yeah. And it's almost a weight off my shoulder because sometimes you actually don't want to be that nice to people. Yeah. And you don't want to really, you know, be all up in their business. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you felt like, oh, I'm at work and she let me in, maybe I should let her in. Right. But now I actually feel like, all right, I'm getting things done. Like I'm not using energy to be extra, extra nice. Exactly. Yeah, it takes a lot out of you if it's not genuine. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> That's another topic. Not genuine. Yeah. Not genuine in the workplace. <laughs> For another time, yes, of course. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, but thank you so much for coming today. Of like, course, I really, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, I was really, really excited to have you DJ at the launch. The yeah, I'm not so even much gonna fun. Lie. And it, it, the music was so good. Thank you. Um, but I guess before we like close off, just, you know, real quick, again, uh-huh. I want to go back to the DJ thing. Okay. I don't know too many female DJs yeah, in I New mean, York City. more now, but yeah, they're... But how do you navigate that world, um, you know, with people thinking that's more so like a male dominated, you mm-hmm. know, field? Like, how do you navigate it um, as a woman? Yeah, um, it's definitely to have a good network of other female DJs, even though, especially in New York City, it feels very competitive. Um, and it is. But I feel like if we see each other more as allies rather than, you know, 
enemies or that next competition, I think that benefits a lot. Um, it's still very much male-dominated um, industry, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's all about us women bonding together and working together, I feel. And I love that. I, I think what you said earlier was telling, like, it's as long as we see each other as allies and not enemies. Yeah. Um, you know, things will go much smoothly. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where everybody can win. Like it's New York City. Yeah. I mean, there's a million and plus whatever people in yes. need of DJs here. So, <laughs> you know, the fact that it's like, you know, it's it's this whole I wanna be the only person doing you this can't thing. It's be. not realistic. Yeah, you can't. It's not realistic. And I feel like, you know, it's true what they say you catch more. What is it? Do you, is it you catch more bees with honey or you mm -hmm. catch more ants with honey? I yeah, don't know. Bees. You catch more Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you catch more bees with honey. Um, and I feel like if if, you know, women kept this, you know, idea that listen, we need to work together as opposed to, you know, sabotaging each other secretly. Yeah. Um, you know, we would really go very far. And so that's kind of what, at the end of the day, tying it back to the podcast mm -hmm. is just, you know, bringing in different women um, from different areas, different backgrounds to talk about their professional experiences in the workplace, but also to like learn um, from their experiences, too. It's a learning, you know, it's, it's a learning situation here. We're all about yeah. just trying to navigate life and navigate the workplace, especially um, being a woman of color because that's where our bread and butter comes from. Mm -hmm. That's that's how we that's how we pay our bills. That's how we eat, and that's how we you know um, fund our side hustles, right? Yeah. So it's really important and critical, especially that that's the workplace is somewhere where we spend most of our time, mm -hmm. um, most of our energy each day goes yeah. into being a professional uh, working woman of color. So it's really important, I think, to focus in on the issues that take place at work and to collectively come up with solutions right. as to how to like better navigate you yeah. know, the workplace and how to... Because you feel so alone, um, especially being a woman of color in the mm -hmm. corporate workplace. Um, so, yeah, this is an awesome way to kind of cope and talk about different issues that we all come across um, to have some type of, like, community so you don't feel so alone. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, again, Juliana, for being here today. And if you could just tell us one more time, where could we find you, DJ Juliana? Sure. Uh, SoundCloud.com backslash Juliana Meow. Um, and then Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else, Juliana, J-U-L-I-A-N-A-X-V-I, 16 Roman numerals. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. You, again, were tuning into Frida's World Podcast. This is your host, Rita Pierre, CEO and founder of Frida Women NYC, a fashion brand set setting out to motivate and instill confidence in professional women and those aspiring to be through the use of accessories. You can find out more about Frida Women NYC at www.fridafreedawomennyc.com. 